Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. All right, welcome into another episode of NFR Live. Um, our second of the week, we're doing pretty good knocking these things out. It is Thursday, December 15th, and we're going to be talking with Zach Liberto. Zach, is, uh, you often see him in the hook that boat out there on Lake Pontchartrain, Lake Bourne, and uh, I know we've seen him out there when we filmed our trolling uh, video, and he was sticking to the jig, and did quite well. Zach, you want to talk about that trip a little bit? First of all, talk about uh, <laughs> what went through your mind when, when thinking about getting out there that morning, because I know it didn't look good at first. It was uh, this Wednesday. Yeah, it didn't uh, It didn't look good at first, but it's actually kind of funny. Uh, I, me and a couple of buddies night fished in Eden Isles um, underneath the lights, and we were out there till about 3 in the morning, and it was um, real calm, real foggy. You know, there was no wind at all. And then we went back home, uh, hooked up my the, the hooked that boat, the big boat, and um, and we left. And, and by the time we got home, the wind was blowing. It had to have been blowing 15 or 20 miles an hour. So I mean, I was pretty much assuming the front was just coming through, and we were going to have a bad time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, what time y'all got out there? Uh, I think I think we launched at like 7:30, maybe. We probably got started fishing around eight. You know, um, yeah, we we took our time getting out there because I'm, I'm sure you know the fog was real bad. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. We got out about 15 minutes earlier and uh, we started at the draw and we worked at west side and uh, went south. And uh, did you move south enough to where that that water turned a little bit milky? Like the no, um, we really didn't. I. I Ask you what made y'all, um, or, or if uh, you know, you, what that you were fishing with, what made y'all decide to go on that side of the tracks? Because there was um, definitely it, it looked, looked like the bigger yeah. fish were being caught on that side. Well, I question that because, well, at first we got out early enough to where the tide really wasn't doing much. Right. So I take it that's where Andy uh, has had the most luck. Recently, I mean, you just go with you know what you know and what you've done, you know, recently. So I just take it that 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 is the area that he's been been doing good in. But then I saw I saw it starting to fall hard, and then I questioned him about that, you know, what side he likes to go on. Typically, you know, people like to go on the the down current side because you would think those fish hold behind those pylons. And he said, Yeah, that's true. He said, He said. You really just can't figure out the trestles. You, know, you just you go with what, where they're biting, and and it seemed like that that with the trestles you could see those boats that just kind of zero hone in on on yeah. fish and, and where and typically where the boats are thick, that's that's where those fish are in that area. You know, right. Um, right. we kept going just just because we saw a clear path and there was no boats boats south of there. And we were like, man, if we can, you know, just 
one straight and just pick up a few here and there without worrying about going around anybody or anything. It'd be good. Yeah. We did notice that water um, lightened up a little bit. It lost that dark, dark green, that good water. Um, that's pretty much we, uh, That's pretty much what we did. We just picked a spot where there wasn't boats and just jumped in, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. I struck out on the tide, dude. I, I checked the tide, and it said it was supposed to – It was. I knew it was falling hard all night. Uh, and it said it was supposed to, you know, reach low at, I think, 1036 a.m. So mm-hmm. we got out there, and by the time we got out there, it was falling. So we just set up on that side. And, uh, I, I, like I said, we just picked a spot, and my dad's got that new iPilot. So we just covered water jigging until we hit that stretch that we kept seeing y'all hooked up in. Um, like, mm-hmm. we didn't see y'all, you know, first. But once you passed, once we were sitting there, y'all hooked up. And then all of a sudden, you know, we got into some fish. And, um, mm-hmm. but, I, yeah, I struck out because it did. Yeah. It's like when the tide's going to change or like slowing down, especially at the Ellen and Train Bridge. But um but out I, I was expecting the tide to slack off and sure enough it got even stronger and just kept pouring even uh falling even harder and then it really turned on once it once it uh oh, yeah. Once it, yeah, it it got really hard. In fact we had to we had to start trolling farther out because those baits are getting sucked into those those uh, poles, you know. Right, right. And that's where um that's where the jigging with the baitcaster, being accurate with the baitcaster, came into play because um, I was kind of sidearm casting all the way up underneath the trestles because by the time my bait hit the bottom, it was all the way, you know, almost back to the uh, boat. Not, not quite that bad, but the fish were hanging, were congregating literally on, on our side. So on every bridge piling, just like you would imagine uh, on the back side of it, out of the current, out of the slack, mm-hmm. uh, in the slack mm-hmm. water, out of the tide. So I would throw that bait up underneath there and get it as far back as I could. And it was weird, the the pattern I figured out, because um, we, we went a while without catching fish jigging regularly. But um, all of a sudden, for some reason, I decided to, uh, I, when I was getting past, I knew my bait was getting past the pile, and I jigged it twice real hard, and then I just killed it and kind of let it sit for a second. And the tie, I guess the tide was kind of rolling it on the bottom, and boom, sure enough, I caught a fish. So we ran that pattern the whole rest of the day and kind of figured them out. And that's how they were biting it. You had to, you had to hop it twice and then let it sit for a couple of seconds and they would just be on it every time. Let it sit. Well, when you say let it sit now in our heads, you're thinking maybe it's just sitting still, but I'll tell you what, what, what size, uh, jig head you had on there? Well, um, I set my friends up, uh, and, and this isn't any way like trying to brag or anything, but I, I think out of the uh, 40 fish we caught, I think I probably caught 30, five of them, 34 of them. Uh, my dad did catch a few. Uh, one of my friends didn't catch any. But I put them, I put my friends with a half-ounce jig head just, you know, hoping they could get down because they're not really experienced with jigging. But I always jig with a 3 I've never really jigged with anything other than a 3 eighths. I feel like it's, it, if you if you uh, let out enough line and keep that bow in your line, you can get it down there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, that might have been what you were experiencing. If that bait dropped down, um, and you were letting it sit, I could see it switching around, tailing around with that, that uh, current is kind of pushing it the opposite way and, and just kind of pulling it along the bottom. Yeah, like doing tumbling. Its own, it's like doing its own, own motion, you know? Right. It's like tumbling on the bottom. And the whole time, I'm constantly uh, maintaining good line contact. You know, main, I'm, I don't have a bunch of slack in my line. I have enough to where um, I can – the bait's acting naturally on its own. 
and I, and mm-hmm. I can barely lift up and feel if he's on it, or I can barely lift up and just pick it up a little bit off the bottom, and that tail flutter, and it just mm-hmm. kicks in with the tide even more, and that's it's real subtle. Um, the bite you pick up, and it's like there's just a wet rag hanging on there. But that's how I've been finding the fish to be biting a lot lately. I don't know if it's because uh, the water, the weather's getting colder or they're overpressured from jigging because a lot of people are, you know, jigging the trestles and, and, and the causeway and everything nowadays. But um, I don't know. It's just been a real subtle bite. Even, even um, you know, in Eden Isles the night before, you know, we figured them out. They were way off the light, but you had to just barely be moving the bait. They didn't want it moving fast. Mm-hmm. Well, it's getting colder. I mean, uh, that would you know that would explain. I guess everything's slowing down a little bit. I know that that we had a bite over on the wall when that water temperatures were cold uh, early, even late winter, early early spring, where you didn't even you didn't feel the thump. It was just like they would just they would put their mouth on it. Do you want to know the truth? I've never fished the wall before ever. <laughs> <laughs> Ever? I swear to God, not one day yeah, in my life. You must be Ever. allergic to, to crowds, huh? No, I mean, it's not even that. I you just, just I don't have know to why. go that far, huh? Yeah, I mean, usually not, but I, I've I've always wanted to. I just never have. I don't know. It's never have done it. I've never even. I've never even. I, yeah, if you put me, it's not a run. I mean, it's kind of a run. I mean, I yeah, I wouldn't mind that if I had to. I think you know we might even try it tomorrow after you know we fish the the trestles. But um, mm-hmm. I've never fished it. I heard it's really good, and I've seen all kind of videos and stuff. And I've seen you, you know, the results you go when you went with uh, Luke O'Neill and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good fishing. I mean, it's it's what I like to, you know, on the North Shore here with the bite, it shuts down. I mean, it's, it's definitely seasonal, you know, speckled trout. Um, so it, it's either the wall or the Biloxi Marsh that we have a choice from. You know, if we just have to go catch speckled trout. That's our last choices, so exactly. But, but this uh, fall, I mean, it's so it's been so warm. We've been enjoying this bite, you know, later. So right, everything's pushed back. But uh, on a on a side note, I'm not saying it, but I'm saying it. Don't don't rule out the causeway right now. That's all I'm saying. Don't write <laughs> that off. It, 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 there's been fish out there. There's trout have been out there. Um. Uh, like they've been out there for a couple of weeks. You can, I, I know it's hard to believe. I know you probably don't believe it, but they've been out there. Well, for I, mean, sure. uh, I mean, it's got to be a reason that they're not there or they haven't been there as far as like normal. And, you know, I was talking with Andy yesterday, and that water still looks funky right in that area, and that salinity's not up. But, I mean, I know salinity's not everything. They've, still, they've been there without going. Well, who knows? I, I don't know. It seems like when you when you finally think you get this the lake figured out, it's just like something new. I think. You know, like I told I, I, told Andy yeah. today. Uh, <laughs> I told Andy today. I know nothing about fishing because yesterday I just thought for sure that we were going to struggle. You know. Right. Um. I I I I don't know. I've been fishing the causeway for a long time, and I know how it kind of kicks off. Um, and I think we're, j- it's just started. They're just starting to get there. Like they show up overnight they, and the water did kind of clean up a little bit. I don't know when the last time you've been across or looked at the map was, but it did kind of clean up on causeway. It's not clean, you know, compared to the trestles or what we were seeing or even as salty, mm-hmm. but, but I think those fish are starting to show up. I, I now 
with that being said, I don't think the big fish are going to probably make it there because how late it is. Um, I, I just don't think that, you know, there's going to be too many big, big fish over there. Like you're starting to see at the trestles. I think they're, the, the big fish are just starting to really move into the trestles area and Wrigley's area, and they might stop with that salinity. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'd go give it a try. You know. um, if they've, if it has, have you heard of? I heard a few reports of small, you know, one small speck or two small specks. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're just waiting to, for for something to to get right to get on that bridge, you know. That's my plan A tomorrow if it's not if it's not windy. So I'll be sure to send you some pictures and let you know. Let's talk. Let's never, talk. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk jigging. I mean, because I know you you're emphatic about it. Yeah, I think it, you're very cerebral with it. You think about it a lot. You think about you try different things. I know fishing with you, you've helped me tremendously. As far as that trip we made out to the Bayou Lacombe Reef uh, by the pylon, um, I'm watching you bring, you know, three, four to my one in, and I'm, I'm like, what, what is he doing? And turns out that I was, I was just kind of bumping it. I was keeping that line a little too tight and bumping it a little bit too much. And you were just, you were just popping it once, twice, and just kind of letting it sit with a bow in a line to where. You didn't really need to feel every little tap on there. You just you just kind of let them get on, and then when you do your your natural pop, is like you would set the hook. And sure enough, I cast out man, and I do that, and it's like, wow, right on. So jigging, <laughs> I mean, they definitely wanted it a certain way at at a different time, you know. So I, I know you can, I know you over, you might well not overthink it, but I know you think a lot about. Oh, I you know, different it. technique. <laughs> you overthink it. I overthink it a hundred percent, absolutely. But you're right. Um, but I feel like you kind of have to because I feel like one thing that people do wrong, and there's a bunch of people, you know, a bunch of videos explaining how to jig. I don't think there's any like set way. Um, you see guys, the real good guys that jig, you know, slide out area. You got, you know, Chris Robert, Chad Champagne, obviously with Matrix Shad. All those guys, they all have that style where they're hopping the bait three or four times. Uh, you know, you're keeping maintaining uh, good contact with your line on the way down, keeping a bow in it, and you know whenever your bait hits the bottom, your line's going to fall. And you're starting to kind of establish a rhythm, you know, when you're jigging, you know, how long it takes that bait to fall. Just in case one does, uh, does pick it up on the way down, and you might see it stop early. Or if you have enough uh, contact with your bait, you know, with the line, but still keep the bow and allow it to fall you know, naturally you'll feel the tink and you set the hook and you're on them. But like you said, um, you know, you do kind of hook some fish that you don't even know got the bait somehow and, and it's on a jig. You just go to jig it and they're on it. But um, oh, most of them, most of them that day uh, when I was with you and I switched over to just kind of that, that wild pop and then not keeping the line so tight, just letting it do its own thing and then coming back with a pop, pop, pop. I mean, most of them I caught on the, on the pop. You know, right. Yeah, that happens a lot. And it happened a lot the other day at the trestles. But the way uh, the reason I think that those guys over there jig like that, I have my own you know, theory on it is, you know, they're fishing the trestles and the trestles is obviously, you know, really dictated by tide. And there's strong tide like you could see the other day when we were out there, like we were talking about. Um, and, and they're hopping that bait two or three times and getting that bait up in the tide and the tide's taking it, you know, moving it three or four feet. 
and it's adding to the action. And also, you know, those fish aren't going to be as stacked up on the pylons at the bridge at the trestles as they would be at the causeway because of that tide. You know, they, they, some days at the trestles you catch them 50 yards off the off mm-hmm. the actual bridge. But mm-hmm. so when I, you know, kind of started jigging, I learned from my dad and my, my uncle. Um, my uncle, you know, really to this day just is unbelievable how good he is. But we would we really just hopped the bait one time, one hard pop. So you're casting out, you're keeping that bow in your line um, and just giving it a hard pop and just engaging the reel once or maybe just lifting up on your rod tip a little bit just to get that same bow back and you're just repeating that pattern over and over again but um lately it's been having to mix it up like you, there's no telling you know what what i'll try to try and get a bite if you know if, if you're struggling hopping it twice hopping it three times you know dragging it like we said um mm-hmm. swimming you know there's some times where um fishing the causeway you have to literally get on side of the pylon and almost hold it with one arm and jig vertically straight up and down in the same spot. It's like just being able to try. I think people get stuck being too monotonous and fishing the same way. Uh, I think you just it's, if you just mix something up and just try to experiment a little bit, especially with jigging, you know, you never know how they're going to be one at that day. Yeah, yeah. And I, my biggest mistake is I guess it's I'm more along the lines of bass fishing with, a you know, a Texas rig worm where I constantly I want to feel – every moment of that bait so I can feel when that fish hits. But I think that does something to the to the presentation of the bait when you constantly have it tight. You know, I, I really like I'm starting to like the the idea of just, just frantically popping and just letting it do its own thing and then just keep that bow and you could see that tick sometimes, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I've spent so many hours in my swimming pool like just experimenting, you know, with a major you people think I'm crazy probably, but um, you know, just experimenting with different presentations of a major shatter of bait. And mm-hmm. um and like you said, it's 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 erratically popping it kind of but it's controlled. And uh, most of the time I use this trilene, it's kinda of high vis fluorocarbon. Um most of the time I'm not well non stop I'm washing the line, but most of the time I don't feel the bite. I see my line jump or my line will uh, fall short. It won't hit the, my bait won't hit the bottom or, mm-hmm. you know, they'll hit it on the way down. And I've actually, like I said yesterday, I caught some Georgia fish. A couple of the fish one of my friends caught, I uh, kind of was glancing over and I saw his line jump and told him. But I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. they get bit and they don't know they get bit and the fish has already spit it by the time they go to jig again or by the time they pick their bait up. I think it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. What what how many different types of ways would you think um, there is to jigging? I mean, I, I know you named a few, but uh, I'm just curious to hear some of the different things that you've tried that you've actually caught fish with. Like I said, it's always something different, something completely stupid, too. Um, you know, at the causeway sometimes, uh, I'll be literally reaching down. Not, I'll jig 25 sets of poles and not get a bite, and I'll reach down to grab a sip of beer or, you know, fix the trolling motor, and I'm just dragging the, the bait on the bottom, you know, like 10 feet behind the boat, and all of a sudden, boom. You know, and, and like, you know how they are in Lake Pontchartrain. You can pattern them. They pattern. Oh, definitely. Zach's team. It's like that day at the trestles. I mean, it seemed like y'all kept doubling back, and y'all catch a fish, you know, every time y'all passed us. And we were catching them behind every set of pylons, you know, on the down, down current side and the break in the current, you know, just like where mm-hmm. you would think they would be. But, uh, yeah, I mean, mostly just dead sticking it sometimes is a good thing to, to mix up. 
uh, like I said, jigging it maybe once or um, twice and just letting it sit. Uh, the other thing it would be just casting it, and I, I, you think it's crazy, literally not jigging it or moving it at all, just letting it just sit on the bottom, completely mm-hmm. letting it sit, don't even move it, just let it fall. Um, mm-hmm. Then you then you got the more extreme. My favorite way is you know popping it once, like like I'm sure you saw, but um, you can jig like Chaz and them do, you know the multiple pops, and and they even uh, actually palm the reel, uh, the reel of the pole. You know it gives you a little bit better control and better feel. Whenever you they I, do that, I, yeah, I do that too. Um, and I've started putting my uh, my pointer finger underneath the line. Uh, Chris Robert was was showing me how to do that. And uh, yeah. sometimes you can actually feel the hit before you know actually right when it happens, just that little kick. Right. Yeah, I do that too. Um, uh, I've been. I just start. I started palming the reel probably about three or four years ago. Um, I used to not, but it, it definitely adds a little bit to it. And the big thing with jigging is, in my opinion, you have to do it with a baitcaster. Um, the way, I guess, the way the eyes are, you know, how the eyes are facing up, and, and mm-hmm. you get a better feel with a baitcaster. Not saying you can't jig with a spinning reel, but it's a lot harder um, to feel the bite, and it's a lot a lot harder to control the cast because there's a lot of times where, you know, you're on a boat, the boat's moving, I'm casting at the pylon, um, I'm flipping in between the pylon, and all of a sudden, you know, the wind's kind of blowing me away, and I've got to press my button and let a little more line out to keep a little more slack in it, you know, to make sure I can feel it on the way down. Whereas with a spinner reel, you know, you'd have to flip the bale, and uh, it's just like a convenience thing. And um, and the other big thing is fluorocarbon or, or monofilament, you know, not braid. Uh, it's it's a huge di- it makes a huge difference on the action. Yeah, the I'm off I'm off braid. Uh, I've done done that. I- Almost every hook set, my my reel is ripped out of my hand um, because I palm it, and now I'm using my finger underneath the line. So I'm actually I have four fingers that I'm palming the the reel with, and it, that braid it just I, I lose I lose the reel I lose I lose <laughs> with my grip on it, you know. Right. Yeah. And with the fluorocarbon, you know, you set the hook. Um, I actually really think you get a better hook set. It doesn't sound true but i think you get a better hook set with the fluorocarbon than with the braid as far as jigging goes but um well you have a lot more forgiveness like so when you're palming the reel like you said i'm the same way it does take away from you know it, when you do hook a big fish it takes away from from being able to you're, control you're that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But it's not like you it's not like a spinning reel where you're grabbing the rod you could just just you know launch in on them and just haul them in but it, it's like on that initial hook set I don't know. You don't. I don't know the strength in my hand with with using one of my fingers underneath the line. So I'm lost one finger. So I'm down to four fingers. I just don't have. You know, if it's a big enough trout, right. I'll I'll lose control of that that reel and I'll have to double up and grab it again and, and reset. And you're jigging myself, with you one know? hand mostly. It's, you're mostly jigging with one hand. So you know that's already a, another aspect of it too. But with the fluorocarbon. When you do set the hook, I'll kind of just raise my rod tip a little bit higher after the hook set, and then I can just kind of slide my hand down and grip it like it's, you know, like normally. And that way, mm-hmm. you know, you can fight the fish. But it's definitely the way to go, in my opinion, palming the reel as far as you can feel the bites a lot better with, um, you know, with your finger on the line. And I think you get a, a lot more uh, natural of a feel whenever you're jigging as far as the action of the bait goes, you know, the way you can kind of – manipulate that rod without being too aggressive with it all right anybody else on the call here yeah i'm a, i'm in there keith 
How are you? Hey, it's Andy. Hey, how long have you been listening, Andy? Just uh, just jumped in here a few minutes. Just got back in the house. Uh, I've just been uh, catching the, the tail end of this, uh, what you guys are talking about with the jigging. Yeah, I'm trying not to look so retarded when I set the hook on a trout with uh, <laughs> when I'm palming the, palming the reel <laughs> and, and fumbling around with it. So I'm trying to figure that out. Maybe Zach can help me. <laughs> uh, it's all good. How do you Not. dig, uh, Andy? Uh, you, you you palm the reel? Well, I'm 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 kind of the I'm the oddball man. I'm the I'm the Kevin Van Dam of the group. I use that spinning uh, spinning rod. So mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm a little bit little bit different than that. And I use uh, I use braid, but I put a uh, a good two foot, two and a half, three foot of uh, mono or uh, the fluorocarbon. Uh, you know, I tip it off with that, and uh, mm-hmm. that's what that's when we're jigging. That's that's kind of what we use. So um, yeah, it's uh, we, we're a little we're a little bit of the oddballs of that. Well, usually the older generation. I know. I wish I would have switched over to, to bait casting younger, so I'd have gotten used to it. You know, I I fished the spinning, you know, up to shoot, maybe seventeen, eighteen years old till I got my first uh casting, so that definitely has an effect on. Uh, yeah. Zach, how, how old were you when you got your first bait casting, Zach? Uh, b- before I answer that, real quick on the on the spinning reel subject, I like the fluorocarbon leader though. I, I never really you know thought of that, but that that way you're not losing the action on the bait; it's still still getting the same action. Um, but when I first started, I think I made my made up my mind at a, age 11 that I was going to just strictly fish with a bait caster, and I would cast mm-hmm. in the pool in my backyard. I would go with my dad. I would probably backlash in the first like 30 minutes and just ruin my you know my pole. <laughs> and he'd make me sit there and watch him catch trout at the causeway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I he'd feel bad for me and let me pick up his pole, and then I'd, I'd mess that one up. But at, at around 13 or 14, I really really got you know kind of obsessed with it you know just fishing in general and i've been using one ever since i can't i can't use a spinning reel it's just awkward to me um unless it's like really windy or you're fishing with a cork it's just kind of real awkward i don't know it's hard to explain not when i used bass fish years ago i used uh you know the bait caster and i had a, a real nice browning rod and you know, using the old Shimano bait caster, it was just it was it was sweet, and you know I really like them for pitching, and uh, and I understand, and I totally get why guys like them for jigging. I, I just for me, I think it became mostly uh, you know we use we we use the spinning reel in so many different applications of fishing, and that's what we had. You know, we did a lot of Carolina rigging, and you know we do the trolling. We, we just had so much that we just. We just stayed with the spinning reels, and, you know, we started jigging. We just flipped everything over, threw on the leader. You know, we just tie in with a blood uh, blood knot. We don't use a uh, barrel swivel or anything when we're jigging. We just tie in blood okay. knot. So, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of it's, – it's one of those things. Like you said, he's been doing it since he was a kid. And, you know, yeah, I wish I, I wish I'd have switched over earlier. I, I really do. I, you know, those guys who use them, that, that's what they do, and – it's hard to break away from what you know. And that's kind of with me going back to, uh, you know, going to that style. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you're All right. it's similar to like a drop shot pretty much, uh, in, versus in bass fishing. Is that, is that accurate? Kind of like the setup, as far as the setup goes, like the spinner reel with the braid and then the leader. 
Yeah, yeah. I just tie. Uh, I know a lot of guys are using that FG knot. I've tied the blood knot for years, and so that's just kind of what I use. Um, now, when we're trolling, we do we tie our leaders on. We do use a barrel swivel, uh, just because of the amount of action. You know, you want to have something that's going to roll with it. But when we're jigging, it's just yeah, straight blood knot. And um, you know, sometimes I'll pitch it out there, and then you know, sometimes a lot of times we're far off, and we'll be casting it. Right. What um um Andy, I don't know if you were listening, but we were talking. Uh, we saw the hook net boat over there, and that was Zach on the yeah. other side of the the, the trestles, and uh, he they did pretty good jigging. Um, they did. I, I always know, you know, when I see the hook dad, and I don't know, I've seen those guys for years <laughs> that they, you know, they're going to be on some fish. So I always feel pretty confident when we're uh, when we're close to them. So. It was, uh, it, was it was fun. Good. It was fun to see him out there. It was good. Uh, it was good seeing seeing you out there. Uh, I don't think we really met at the seminar. We'll definitely have to at the next one. But um, but Keith, yeah, I, I didn't even know that was Keith. Whenever he was waving at me, I was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "This guy's got a GoPro." <laughs> and then I realized it was him. But uh, and like I said, every time y'all passed by, y'all were hooked up or reeling in a big trout. It was it was pretty cool to watch, you know, us catching them and then looking through the bridge and seeing y'all catch them at the same time. Yeah, that that was that was a good deal. I've I've seen you guys over here uh in in the Lacombe area, you know, for, for a couple years now. Uh I I've fished those cuts over there quite a bit for reds and you know, done a lot fishing over there and you guys will be running in and out. I you know, we've waved at each other. I don't think we've ever really formally met. Um but definitely have fished the same same areas over there. Yeah, that's my favorite area actually. Uh, like, not, other than the causeway, I kind of spend a lot of time in that area because I have a uh, Keith knows I have a mud boat. You know, it's got a trolling motor on it. So uh, if it's windy, uh, maybe it's blowing out the east and that whole shoreline's calm. Or if I'm just trying to go quick and convenient, I'll just launch my mud boat in the big branch and then you know run out there and fish those cuts. And they have a lot of fish in those cuts. I call a lot of trout cuts in the fall um they didn't go in that in there this year as far as i know but we were catching hundreds of redfish that were like 15 inches or 14 inches it was ridiculous i don't know if you ever yeah. ran into this i would say this end of the lake for redfish this year would be pretty tough to beat anyway i mean it was phenomenal Ron. phenomenal and uh you know i think there's still there's still guys i hear that you know they sneak out there once in a while they're still picking one or two up every now and then even in the mud and the silt out there so did you uh, ever uh have you ever ran to the schools i have i haven't on this side of the lake but i've definitely uh you know and i'll catch them we'll catch them when they were schooling you know we'd have those nights where we get maybe five to ten fish uh, but nothing like what we saw in Slidell this year where we had acres of redfish, man. It was crazy. Right. They get yeah. like that between Goose Point and Green Point. Um, in the fall, whenever usually we get a lot of a, a bunch of good weather, like a strong east wind, and it gets real salty and clean, we ran yeah. into them out there, the, the big schools. Are, it's so fun. That's probably yeah. the, the funnest time of your life. It's frantic, you know. Everybody's rushing yeah. around. Andy, oh, yeah. I still want to. I still want to join you for uh, try to troll those redfish. I want to see those poles slam down. I mean, that's got to beat up your rod. <laughs> it, absolutely. Well, we, you know, we go with a little heavier rod. Um, uh-huh. We tried to get, you know, I tried to get my oldest. I said, "Hey, man, let's just scale down a little bit and just see." Uh, and he's afraid that you know, it's so violent um, when you're trolling them. 
at uh, you know, and you're rolling, you're rolling five to seven knots, and when they slam that that's, thing, I mean, that's the it, thing. It, your it, momentum is carrying you. Plus, it's adding, you know, just the natural it, weight of the fish hitting. I mean, it's got to be explosive. It is. It is really violent. It cracks me up, and it sounds like that rod's gonna break. But uh, yeah, it's cool. I'm hoping. Uh, I'm you know I'm hoping we can do some of that. Uh, you know, cutting into seventeen. I, I just we really experimented with it this year, and it was super cool. Do y'all catch them at the causeway trolling the redfish? You know, we we'll catch them trolling when we're trolling for trout. We've picked them up. But this year we did something uh, completely different. We threw on these big silver spoons. They're really an offshore, like a king mackerel spoon. Uh, we were kind of looking for jacks, and uh, actually my oldest was—he—he's the one who started. He and he just threw in uh, at actually Green Point there the first time he tried it, and we're just running around just seeing. We didn't—the jacks didn't really show up very good over here uh, this year. But as soon as he threw in, he let out. He got hit uh, by about a 22, 23-inch red, and he's like, holy smokes, man, it ate it. And, you know, they were doing about five miles an hour, threw out again, and same thing. He came back and told me, and, I, of course, and I'm like, all right, I got to try it, you know. So uh, I, I hooked it up over in Slidell, and uh, sure enough, man, we got into it. It was it was unbelievable. Every Every hookup was in the mouth. And they ate the bait, even you know, at five to seven miles an hour. It was just crazy to me. Now here's a question: Do you think you would have caught them if you had a smaller bait on? You know, I'm sure that I'm sure that you 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 stood a chance of it if you were fishing it different. I mean, they're, you're you know, you could be jigging in an area, and I guess if they were there, it's just like that trolling. We happened to roll by them; they saw the bait, they backed it. You know, I mean, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to say. Um, it's just something, you know, just trying stuff out outside of the normal box of what everybody does, I guess. And uh-huh. if, uh, you know, why not give it a shot? You know, some, sometimes you gouge your eyeballs out from boredom, and other times you're like, holy crap, it worked. And uh, it's one of those things where it was like, you got to be kidding me. And I actually ran a couple of charters and brought a couple of those big rods and when we'd be transiting to an area i'd say hey let's just put these out and we actually we actually picked fish up on those charters doing that it was crazy uh, 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 uh. Uh, all right see uh fish meisters here george you joining us yeah yeah i finally was able to to come i, I didn't realize what time it was <laughs> that's, that's what happens when you get old you get a little time <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say he's about an hour past my bedtime tonight. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all get off any time. I appreciate y'all for showing up. We can talk fishing. I'm getting used to this little show. This is this is very informative. Um, we're talking jigging specifically. Um, Zach was on the bite on uh, you know jigging bite at the trestles, and um, Zach, um, you said go ahead and describe that for us and. Um, we could see if 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 Andy can uh, diagnose that just to see if if that's you know typically how he fishes or or what he you know if I know he does I know he fishes the causeway more than the trestles and it could be a totally different bite on the causeway than the trestles but still all in all it's speckled trout and, and um, maybe he could figure something out as far as you know what you were doing right um 
Well, I'm like OCD when it comes to fishing trips. Like before, I'll check the tide like 100 times, you know, the wind and everything. So I knew the tide was going to be falling. And like I said, I thought it was going to be falling until uh, the tide. The thing I read said it was at low at 1036. But I think I looked at the wrong one. So I was expecting it to slow down around 1030. But we pulled up to the trestles uh, and, you know, on the down tide side, the east side of the trestles uh, towards the south shore. Um, started jigging. Didn't get too many bites at first. You know, we had a couple a couple of fish. We caught two fish maybe. And then all of a sudden, um, I just decided to try something different. I mean, and the tide was starting to pick up even more. Um, I just kind of sidearm flung way up underneath the trestles on the other side, the side that y'all were on. And uh, by the time my bait came down, you know, I was pretty much right underneath. And they were on, if, if I can explain it, they were on the down, the the east side of the piling, you know, out of the current. So, you know, how it's coming through. They were sitting in the, the slack tide out of the current, you know, right where they should have been and just ambushing. But they weren't hitting it with you jigging it past there. I kind of had to get a sense of whenever I was near the piling or getting close and I would hop, hop real fast and then I would just kill it and just let it sit on the bottom almost for like two or three seconds. Sometimes it would take longer and it would be just kind of tumbling with the tide, I guess. But the whole time I was just kind of keeping a little bit of a bow in my lines where I could feel them, and they would pick up on it, you know, instantly. It was the same thing every time. And I didn't tell anybody in the boat for like 30 minutes. I just milked it. <laughs> <laughs> I finally looked at my dad. That's and awesome. Gave him, the, gave him the hand motion, and I just like jigged twice, and then I said stop. And then sure enough, the next cast he did it, and it was crazy to see how like it's just weird how particular those fish are in Lake Pontchartrain, and it's the causeway and it's the trouble. And uh, you know, you know, Keith, exact, exact, exactly what he's describing is, you don't know what the trigger is going to be, and it can be that you know he figured out that you know popping it and then letting it sit, he found out where the fish were sitting, how they were ambushing it. I mean, we experienced some similar stuff. At one time, we were at a complete stop, and we're you know we're reeling yep. in line. All three of them are hit. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you now know, that you, you don't mention know it, what yeah. the trigger. Um, but he found that trigger and he's on it. And sometimes when a guy gets quiet on the boat, you want to watch what he's doing. <laughs> I tried to tell him. I tried to tell him they wouldn't listen to me. I, I eventually even came out and told him. I'm not even like exaggerating or trying to brag. I swear, I think I caught 95% of the fish. They just wouldn't wouldn't listen to me. They would get impatient and just keep jigging it. I'm like, dude, fish a jig. It's hard to fish when. When you just let it sit. I mean, we're not catfishing here. <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's, I guess mentally, you don't want to just let that bait sit there because I guess you figure nothing's going to hit it. But it, that current was strong enough with if you were using a 3 8 that that bait was moving on the bottom. And it's probably doing something that, that those fish aren't used to, to seeing out there. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you how deep I analyze it. It's pretty ridiculous. But. I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, what I'm doing is, what am I replicating right now? I'm kind of imagining, you know, they're feeding on pogies mostly. Um, You know, I'm kind of imagining making it look like a free meal for a fish as far as, um, you know, it looks like a pogie that just got hit or was injured by another trout, and it just, you know, I hop it twice and they see it, and all of a sudden just killed on the bottom, and it's just tumbling in there. You know, what what wouldn't want to... If you had a steak just sitting right in front of you, you'd want to eat it. So, I mean, I think that's, that's what I was thinking they were doing was just kind of hanging sure. on it after I did it. 
Yep. That's, that's, that's the, next, the next Matrix Shad color, steak. <laughs> A1, call it A1 steak. <laughs> that's that's but, awesome. But those Matrix Shads, man, the the thing about it is for me is is I know a lot of people are on them. You know, you see it every day, everybody, Matrix Shad, Matrix Shad, and and I think that's for several reasons, but mainly because um, jigging, you know, is a technique that's been around since before Matrix Shad, but I think it eliminate a lot of people catch a lot of fish on it because it eliminates, you know, a little bit of the work that you have to do when you're trying to jig. The bait has so much action that's a lot more forgiving, you know, when you're jigging that, that you, you'll get, a lot of people will get bites, you know, based off the action of the bait when they wouldn't be getting the same bites, you know, on different baits, you know, I'm not naming any, but on on different baits that don't have as good action. And that's not a major shot plug or anything. I just, I really do believe in them and they catch fish and that's all I really use either that or the shoe shoe. The shoe shoe's got its place too. Um, like you said, Keith, you, we really, you really need something with a split tail sometimes that's got a little less action when they're real subtle. Yeah, yeah those split tails, I think they work better. I mean, maybe it's all in my head, but I think they're, I find they work a lot better when those when those uh, those trout work that shoreline and, and up into the bayous more. I don't know what it is about that, but uh, I mean I discovered that split tail fishing with Forrest Green, and he was using a little fluke with the with the split tail, and uh, I was using the gunmetal slug, and I was man, he's just wearing me out. And then the ba- I hit well, I caught a bass, I caught a flounder, I caught a redfish, and he's catching trout. I'm like, wait, there's something going on here. Um, and I, sure enough, I ran a little, uh, a little, the edge of a knife right down that tail and man, a car trout right there. <sighs> Something that small, you know, just a split tail. I guess, I guess they were reading into it as that, that split tail meant a minnow, you know? Well, right. I did the same thing with that when, when, uh, uh, Roger's son talked about splitting that tail with the knife and mm-hmm. I've seen a big difference in it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it, it it was it was funny as same day, but yeah, same day. All you do is just hit it with a knife and split it. I still got all them ones you you gave me. I use them, you know, and I yeah. cut them with the knife all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gave me so many of them. <laughs> yeah, we learn learn something every day. Very, very interesting. I'll tell you, um, another thing I've been using a lot of with, with the uh, popping cork is I've been using that live target. Oh, yeah. Instead of, instead of using uh, shrimp, you know, when I take the charters out, you know, I put the live target in. Yeah, and I've been using them. They're expensive now. They're expensive. Uh, Those are pretty big. The last time I checked, these damn things blew what up near 4 or $5. Yeah, they're pretty steep. I think they go. I think they go as high as seven or eight. They yeah. look real good. They look real good. Do you ever have a problem with the uh, the hook running through though, or coming out the bait? Yeah, and I just keep sticking it further down toward the tail. Just <laughs> keep redoing it, especially with the. Uh, I got a I got a picture out and posted on a website of uh, had some birds sitting on the water in Lake Pontchartrain. And I knew there was bait fish under it because they were sitting on the water. And I threw their live target there, and boom. You know, I caught a monster bull red on it. And it was a brand new one. And after that, it was uh, had a redo to hook. 
But I kept using it, you know. It just keeps cutting it further and further back, especially if they <laughs> just hit the tail and start pulling on it, you know. Right. You that's probably embedded weight before. in there. What's that? That's embedded weight. That's embedded weight in the uh, live carbon. Hey Keith, Wait. your your connection's uh, kind of breaking up there. I don't know if you're on a cell phone or uh, you're you're. Well, I'm on a cell phone and I'm uploading the video we shot, so that might have something to do with it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, you want me to stop uploading the video? <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. <laughs> All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah, because I didn't. I couldn't tell who you were talking to. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 we'll listen to the uh, the playback and see <laughs> how bad it is. So you, I probably, I think you sound fine on mine. I don't know if it's the connection. You just sound like you're a little bit further away from the phone, maybe. Yeah, that's what yeah. it sounds like. He's he's like was on a mic and then was pulling away from a mic, like he walked away and was talking, like no, people no. do when they put the put the phone on the desk and walk away. No, you you dancing over there, Keith, or what? No, man, I'm just <laughs> just, just multitasking over here. Multitasking. Yeah, he's dancing about he's dancing about that big trout he got. Yeah, <laughs> that was a bit. That was you a know, nice one. You know, I saw Chaz's, and I'm like, I, I can't imagine catching, you know, something that big. I mean, I thought this was big, and it's like, wow. I just <laughs> looking at that fish come, you know, come up to the boat. I, I can't imagine something twice that big. Just oh, good. oh man, I tell you, years ago, I bought a dope boat when it was there. When you use croakers, that's all you were catching. Three to five mm. pounds out. I mean, they were monsters. That mm. and you use that, that green and white mirror look. Mm. I mean, you, you kill them. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Biggest trout. What's everybody's biggest trout they've caught? Speaking speaking of the subject, eight eight pounds is is my biggest. All right, I'm gonna hang up now. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I, I well. It depends if you mean salt water or fresh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a city, seven twelve. Park, uh, <laughs> a seven twelve. Seven twelve. Caught in nineteen sixty-five. Wow, y'all, y'all blowing me away. That <laughs> that might have been my biggest. I got another big one in the boat with uh, John Farley. It flipped around three times and, and bounced out, so I was unable to. Away that one, and that one's actually on video too. So I'll just stick with this one. It's probably my biggest. Three one. Right under seven, and uh, it was a traumatic. It was a traumatic experience. I I actually told you. I think you have an article on the website about it. Uh, our landing net broke. So my <laughs> um, <laughs> literally the fish before it broke on a three pounder, and then you know we're fishing the causeway, and you anybody who jigs, you know when you have that bow in your line and. You just feel that yep. kink knock slack in your line. You're like, okay, this something's about to get serious. So I set the hook on this fish, you know, fight it all the way to the boat. It finally finally gets up. The net's broken. I'm trying to lip it like I'm Kevin Van Dam. <laughs> and it didn't work out too good. But I got it. And I put it in the boat, took a bunch of pictures, kind of felt on my line uh, a little bit of abrasion. But, I mean, I just caught a six-pound trout. I was, like, not paying attention. And I threw back out there on the next set of pylons. And I hooked one that I swear had to have been at least a pound bigger. And it broke me off at the boat. It, it kind of came up, head shook. I survived the whole head shaking. 
and it came up one last time, and it just booked a, U, a 90 U-turn down and just popped me off right next to the boat. Yeah, mm-hmm. enough to enough to show itself, and then yeah, I've heard of that a lot. Yeah, I'm glad. Itself, and then they they stick it to you. I'm glad. Yeah. It's better than not seeing it though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is it is painful though. I'm still I still cry. I still cried tears of sim- very similar. But we were trolling, and we got him all the way up, and he's rolling within eyesight, and I'm you know I'm I'm literally screaming, my God, it's a monster, you know. <laughs> And it was the same type of thing. And he did enough just to show me and just, I mean, it was almost like he just fell off. Oh, man, i tell you what. I I, I think I still ended up with cold sweats from that one. I had to tell myself Uh it was a redfish the entire time. The entire time. As soon as he hit it, I knew it was a trout. I knew it was. Because you know how they head shake. And I hooked him. I hooked him, and he he started head She started head shaking. And every time she would shake her head, it was pulling out drag my drag was slipping and i was like oh my god I, you know it wasn't running like a redfish was like this is a trout but i just told myself I was like oh it's a redfish just don't think about it it's a redfish just don't think about it <laughs> i was literally about to hyperventilate i was like there's no way i'm gonna land this fish back to back i was already thinking about the picture holding up both of them and then sure enough <laughs> go on and I was like, Kenny, if I was uh, Kenny Rogers song, huh? <laughs> yep. If I was just taking ten seconds to retie, I would have had my picture with those of my six. Yeah. Seven. As soon as see, as soon as you start thinking forward, and that's, that's me too. <laughs> There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking about right. holding two of them up. <laughs> I, I always, I always grab the net. The minute I feel it big, I go straight for the net and put it next to me all the time. Mm-hmm. Man, no way you're gonna try and flip it in there. Well, yeah, I like, make sure I like you don't break you your neck with I like <laughs> I like the one where you get a, you you got a big one and you're you, you stuck halfway. Like you don't you don't know if you should flip them or not. That that's a bad time to, to get caught right there because yeah. If you if you if you made up your mind you're gonna flip them, you can get them their momentum coming at you and just launch them. But then if you yeah. hesitate, it's like oh crap. Right. You know, and then right. they start then they start pulling away on you, and you're like, oh damn. So I always you know, I, 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 I tell people all the time about that. I said, look, if you if you're going to flip them, you got to get them coming to the boat, and I mean, <laughs> yeah, you got to make them on early, yeah. Oh, and I mean, they reel a leader all the way up and said, ah, I never <laughs> seen that thought. Oh, and God. then pick them up, and then they're yeah. dangling over the water. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Though. It's funny you mentioned that because back, you know how good the causeway and that, how for big trout it used to be, you know, five, six, seven years ago, like before the spillway and stuff. But we would literally flip anything under three pounds, three or even sometimes bigger ones because it's like you knew, you know, if you've tried to flip a three pounder and it gets off, but there's a good chance that there's another one at the next pile. And so it's like you wouldn't even waste your time. But now, yeah. it's, like, it's, now it's like I'm netting all of them because I. Yeah, well, I, never, I always net them. I don't ever try and flip them big ones. Man, I see they big. I got the net. Yeah, I get smart. stupid. I'm young, I'm young and dumb. Sometimes I try to flip. Them. <laughs> I try to both flip eight pound redfish too, all the time, and it just oh, break the pole. Most of the time, it, it works out. I'm too worried about breaking the pole. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I get them from Academy. You can bring them back and get one exchange for free. That's why all my poles come from Academy because I bring well, them. Yeah, Academy's good with that. Ones either. 
I've been into Academy many times with a, with an excuse ready, and I don't even need an excuse. To just, you know, put it right I'm over. Sure I'm I didn't even yeah. get this rock from Academy, and I brought it back there. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> they take anything. Well, uh, they do it with you. Might shoes, wanna, too. You might want to edit that. that <laughs> <laughs> you can edit, you blackmail. Can edit blackmail. <laughs> hey, it's all good. I'm not worried about it. I love it, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm up well, there, I'm up there clean, cleaning out the garage, trying to bargain for some rods at Academy. There you go, man. That's awesome. We're gonna uh, close it out, guys. What? Uh, let's let's leave with what your thoughts on what are we gonna see here? Um, it seems like this winter, these cold fronts have us thinking. Well, maybe this is the end of the trestles, and but these cold fronts are not sticking around. It seems like it's jumping up. Eight to ten degrees every day after a, a good whole co- uh, cold front. Well, so, they so, I mean, about how, how long degrees. can it possibly, you know, how long can the, the bite possibly go? Is it all about temperature? It, it, if we don't get any consistent, you know, four or five good cold days to drive that water temperature steady down into, you know, the mid fifties, well, how long can thing, it go? Well, the thing is, they're not going to get the thaw. Is the is the problem? You know, exactly. they're going to stay active and want to keep feeding this thing. Yeah. You know, and they're, so they're, and they're, not moving, they're not moving north. You know, they're not going to the causeway, so they're stacked up there. And, uh, I mean, they are getting a great deal of pressure. Uh, but they're just not – I don't think they're moving. I mean, I know they're not moving to the causeway, so it, unless that water cleans up over there, it's it, who knows? It's going to be interesting. Uh, but yeah, I can tell you this. Them white shrimp are most probably still packed up in Lake Marfar, too. So they haven't moved either. We haven't had a northwest push to really move them out of there yet. So, I mean, when they move, that's going to make a difference, too. I think they just got to the causeway. I think we talked about it earlier. I think they just showed up. Um, I'm not saying it. it, You know, I don't want to say it because it wasn't me that caught them there. But it was yeah. somebody that I'm very close to that I know is telling the truth, and I know, you know, well, what he was doing. But it was different. It wasn't the same. wasn't the same te- typical path. But I think they're just showing up. Well, I, I think a, you need to go go over there, Zach, and fish that, and, and uh. Yeah, let us know. I had yeah. the same. Had a report from a guy too, but he said that his were small, small, and you know, looked like almost all males. Um, right, right. That's what I told Keith. They were all 12 to 14 inches, but yeah, yeah. No, no big trout. Uh, none of the big girls. And he caught a boatload. I mean, he, I mean, he got. I think he said he got like 35. And I trust this guy, but he said it was one spot, and there, you know, there wasn't. He had to get right on top of them to get them. We must um, be talking to the same guy. <laughs> yeah. You want to say your guy's name on three? <laughs> on three. Somebody's <laughs> oh, not going to say it. <laughs> no, but I think I think it's only going to get better. Um, you know, like everybody said, I don't think they're going to get lethargic. I think it's going to be – it's only going to get better if it stays warm and we don't get too much cold weather. Right. <laughs> well, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And, uh we're going to fish it for a while, and, you know, I guess time will tell us what's going to happen, if they're going to push, if they're going to stay. Uh, we'll see how long the bite lasts. It's been, uh, you know, it took them forever to show up 
man, when they showed up and it turned on, it's been phenomenal. I mean, that's all I can say. It's just been uh, it's been a great run. Yep. I think it, I think it'll, it'll probably have a good spring there. As long, you know, we need, we just need something different to happen with that water in there that I'm seeing. But um, I haven't checked that 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 map. With don't don't check it. Some, don't check it. Don't check it. Don't I bring anything. Up. It. Don't mention anything. You won't see any pictures from me. If if I don't post these pictures tomorrow, it's because they're at the crosswalk. Because you caught them. <laughs> exactly. All right, fellas, we're going to end this right now. We're going to let Andy and Zach call the same person after. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this will be on the website. I'll upload it tonight, and it will be on the left side of the forum under NFR Live. And uh, let's do this again, guys. I'm I'm enjoying this. Yeah, really. It's fun, that's for sure. Appreciate it. All right, guys. So thanks, Zach. Thanks, George, and thanks, Andy. Let's do it again. Oh yeah, man! It was, yeah. it was it was fun, and it's fun to see you guys out there. You know, and everybody's having a good time, man. And that's the that's the key. You know, we're so blessed, and uh, you know, just remembering that uh, to me, that's everything. Yep. All right, fellas. All right, All right guys. All right. All right. All right. All right. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.